I have struggled with the disease CIC, comparison inferiority complex, where as a man, I have compared myself to other men. And if they were further ahead or had something that I didn't have, I became inferior. It's like, what's wrong with me? So yes, I've had, but how I got over it is I had to create a new story. Uh, I had to say yes and to myself to create the new story that wanted to emerge. This is a Soulfire production. You are listening to episode 124 of Yes Sand with me, Judy Holler. And today's episode is brought to you by Advocare, a wellness company on a mission to support your health needs with high vibe resources and products. Listen, we have a code. Use YesSand15. That's YesSand15. Every time you shop to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here with you, my beautiful listener. And one of my favorite things, selfishly, about hosting this podcast is I get to talk to the coolest people and I get to bring my friends on the show and people I look up to and admire and have studied for years. And today is one of those people I am beyond excited to share the magic of my guest today, Simon Bailey with you. So Simon is not only a prolific author, he's about to release his seventh book. Oh my God, seven books. Um, He is also a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. He is a colleague. And fun fact, he is one of two human beings who over a decade ago made me want to be a keynote speaker. He showed me that it was possible. And that forever set me on a path that I am so grateful for. And if you want to hear the sweet serendipity of all of this in 2020, okay? So like a decade after I heard him speak for the very first time, 2020, I got to share the stage with him. We both keynoted the same event in Denver. And at the time, we had no idea it would be our last for a long time because two days later, COVID shut everything down. So I feel so humbled and grateful that my last live event for quite some time, while there were lots of beautiful virtual opportunities, that last live event before the world changed forever was with him. And I had this beautiful moment to stand on the stage with him, to work with him as a colleague, and to experience the magic of being in his presence, not just as a participant in his audience, but as a colleague on stage alongside of him. So Simon is a unicorn, no doubt about it. And his purpose is to spark, spark something in you and and really spark you to to want more, to want to be more, to lead countries and companies and communities differently. And his framework is based on his 30 years of experience in the hospitality industry, something we also have in common. I started in the hospitality biz at the age of 13. Uh, And he was, before he quit to really become a full-time keynote speaker and entrepreneur and solopreneur, he was serving as sales director for Disney Institute based at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. His latest book, Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life, oh, how I love that title, is going to be magic. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And he writes this, in this complex and chaotic time, we need more than ever the particular skills and attributes 
that women possess and can bring to the table. Here, here, my friend. I cannot wait to talk to you about that. And I'm excited to learn more about that. And most of all, in my words, my hand is on my heart. Simon is an activator. He's going to spark something in you. He's going to make you want to be a better person. And my favorite is he'll remind you of what's possible. And his laugh, I can't even with his laugh. So my goal today um, is to make him laugh as much as possible so that you can get that energy. Uh, He's incredible and you're incredible. So guess what's going to happen here on this episode? We're going to do some incredible stuff. Let's get the party started. Here's my conversation with the incomparable and very brilliant Simon Bailey. Oh my gosh, Simon Bailey in the house. Thank you for coming by the podcast. I'm so I'm so happy to talk to you. It's so good to be with you. <laughs> so you got to tell me, where are you today? Are you in Orlando? I know you're in a big fancy studio. You're recording for your TV show. Um, are you in Orlando right now? I'm in Orlando. Just flew back from Vegas on a, a late flight. So here we are. Get out. Did you keynote in Vegas yesterday? Yeah, I did. Uh, 2,500 people of a pharmaceutical company. It was amazing. But I told them, I got to go. I got to get on the plane to get back to Orlando because I'm on with Holla. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I feel so honored. I feel, and boy, was that audience lucky. Uh, you know, I've got to tell you, this is like the perfect segue. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, Simon. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this in person, so I'm going to do it now. Okay. Um, you are one of two people who made me want to be a keynote speaker. Wow. It is you and Simon Sinek, which ironically, it's two Simons. I never put that together until I was thinking about telling you that, but you and Simon Sinek really wow. truly are two of the humans that made me want to orate, to tell stories better, to take my experience and share my perspective on those experiences with the world. And I have to tell you, it was when you got hired by Omni Hotels, I was a sales manager, It was their Be Brilliant customer events, like in 2009, 2010, and you came and spoke to the Chicago audience, and I was blown away. So I just have to begin by saying thank you. Like, thank you for showing up. Thank you for shining so bright, and thank you for showing me that I can do the same, really, truly. Thank you. Thank you so much, and it's so good to be with you. Yeah, thank you for that. And, um, you know, it was really full circle that a decade later, you know, you and I are in Denver and we're speaking in March of 2020 before the entire world changed and everything shut down literally 48 hours after we got to share the keynote stage together. So that was a full circle moment for me. And I don't know about you, and I want to start here because I think we've all changed so much and you are someone who really leans into uh, the smoke instead of running away from the smoke. Um, you know, there's this great Lil Wayne quote that says, don't go around fire expecting not to sweat. And I think we all have to have uh, the ability to uh, dance with the fire. So sure. what was it for you, like with COVID and how it, you know, we're both keynote speakers and our, our business really revolves around live events. How did COVID and that experience transform you, Simon? And your business, specifically the way you do business, and I know it's a big question, but I'd love to pull out some some inspo from you there. Yeah, first of all, I had to practice my ABCs, A for adaptability, B for being 
better instead of bitter. And then Ooh. C is being consistent in showing up to do the work. <laughs> you yeah. know, and once I embraced those ABCs, certainly with adaptability, uh, it was a challenge, if the truth be told. But the more I began to do it, I found my C legs, right? And then mm. if the truth be told, I was probably some days more bitter than better. And I said, wait yeah. a minute, this is the stuff we teach. I need to eat my own cooking. <laughs> That's so good. I need to eat my own pie. Like, come on. Like, yeah. and you're right. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I mean, none of us, I mean, we, this is one of the things we talk about with the improv mindset. You know, I've been saying for decades, you know, life is improv. None yes. of us wake up with a script. And I think COVID really shook us and woke us up. Yes. And frankly, the world is still changing and still unscripted. And, and that will be the case for as long as you are breathing oxygen on this planet. So would you say, final question here, because, you know, we're going to move on from COVID, right? We got to move on from this conversation. But what would you say maybe one thing is that you do different now that you, like you did before COVID that you don't do as much anymore or a, a way you think about things differently? Like what was the gift for you out of it? I think the gift was to show up authentic. So if the mm. doorbell rings, if the baby cries, if the dog barks, just be human. This is a part of the world that we're in now. And don't yeah. try to cover it up and everything's perfect. It's okay. Yeah. There, you know, people love to say, um, fake it till you make it. I'm a big, I'm a big, I think so many people get so busy faking it that they never make it or yes. they fake it so long that when they do make it, they have no idea who they want to be in this new yes. world. So I got really early in my career, a great piece of advice and you're a living example of this. We're going to make it until yes. we make it. And, yes. and sometimes that is going to be messy and sometimes I'm going to get it wrong and sometimes I'm going to get it right. But what I'm going to always do is lead and live and create with love and you do that. So you've put that into six books. You're about to bring your seventh book into the world, which we are going to talk about. But what I love about your story, uh, there's so many things I love, but you mm -hmm. went from Disney like a yes. really badass job with Disney um, to entrepreneur and working for yourself. And there's so many women that are listening to this podcast that want to do that for themselves. They want to make the move, but they keep waiting. Simon, we talk a lot about someday syndrome in our world, right? People are so paralyzed by fear. And what they do is they go, oh my God, you know what? I'm just going to do it someday. Someday when I have time, someday when COVID is over. Sure. So all these things, right? So what advice would you give the person listening mm -hmm. uh, that is afraid to take the leap, how did you know it was time? Like, how yeah. did you know what helped you do it? Yeah, I think the first thing is I came up with an exit strategy. So I didn't mm -hmm. just say, I'm going to quit Disney cold turkey. I said, what's the strategy that's going to lead me out the door? The second thing is I made a date with destiny. I decided mm -hmm. on a specific date in the future that it would be time for me to make this move. And then the third thing that really moved me to this direction, uh, if I was supposed to show up at work, let's say eight o'clock in the morning, I was showing up at 8.30, nine o'clock. If my lunch break was supposed to be an hour, I was taking one and a half hours, two hours of lunches. And then if I was supposed to leave, say at five o'clock, 3.30, I was shutting down. I knew that it was probably time for me to fire myself before yeah. they fired me. So, so once I put that plan in place, I made that date with destiny and I was observing my behavior. I said, wait a minute, it might be time to go. 
I love it. So when you say date with destiny, yes. this is you sort of like, does that like you le legit put a timeline on it? Like you're like, I'm going to give myself a year, two years or what, something like that. Yes, because see, if you don't put a, a specific date as to when you're going to make the move, you'll continue to kick the ball down the field and the date will continue to move because you're yeah. like, well, I don't have this and I this is not happening. And what about this? What about that? The moment I literally became sure that January 31st, 2003 was going to be the last date, all of a sudden there was focused energy in one direction to say this date with destiny is happening. It's kind of like when you get married, you know the date and everything begins to line up with that date. Yeah, it's like you're throwing that magic at it, throwing that yes. momentum at it. I love that so much. And I love like, what did you say? January 30, 30, 31st, 2013? 2003, 2003. Oh, 2003. I was because I thought I was like, there's no way it was 2013, 2003. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you've probably never looked back since, huh? Are you just, oh my I mean, goodness. my God, what a, what a great leap to take. And what I love about what when yes. you got some cash in the bank and what is a lot easier, like, like I was, I stacked my dimes for many years, right? Sure. Before I sure. took that final, you know, I wasn't married. Yes. I didn't have that health. Like I had to go figure it all out myself. And so mm -hmm. I had resources and I love that you backed that up. And, you know, Simon was also one of the people I called uh, a piece of advice I got early in my career too, Simon. I don't know if you had a speed dial list as well, but you were one of the people I called. Like I yes. interviewed people doing what I wanted to go do. And I was like, okay, cool. Tell me the good, the bad, the ugly. Like, what do I need to be prepared for? And you were one of my people. Did you have anything like that? Did you have like speakers on speed dial? I mean, now you hang with all the fancy people. You're like, you got tech, you got Mel Robbins on speed dial, right? But like before Mel Robbins knew who you were, like, did you have those early mentors, right? Yeah, I have a half a dozen mentors who poured into me that really cut down my learning curve and they compressed time for me to share with me their experiences, the mistakes that they had made. How do I learn from those mistakes, but also the successes? And it was most helpful once I made the leap. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got to have a you got to have a squad. Any anything you'd have done differently? Any big lessons coming out of it? Uh, tell me. Tell me what you got in your head. You know, when I look back, I think I threw a lot of money at ideas. And so there were a number of plates Ooh. spinning. And I think if I had to do it all over again after 19 years of doing this work, I don't regret it. Uh, but what I celebrate is I'm wiser and I want to spend money wisely. Uh, I would have done that a little bit different. You know, I had a lot of failure, mm. <laughs> a lot of failure, still failing to this day. But now in the words of John Maxwell, I'm failing forward because mm. I understand what is the right thing to do. Oh, so good. And you just illuminated something that we talk about all the time. No mistakes, only gifts. Like we do yes. not fail around the halls of House of And. We win yes. or we learn. And I have spent some money. I have wasted some money. I have delivered some bad speeches. I have worn some bad outfits. I have done it all. Um, and, you know, it's like a football player or mm -hmm. a top athlete. You got to look at the tape. And that tape yes. may be your actual tape. It could be um, looking really re looking at your books and making decisions based on revenues instead of what everybody else is doing. And I think there, you know, final thing here, and then I'll get off of it. Like, 
you know, men and women are very, we're going to talk about your work, really igniting this power, powerful aura that makes up the woman, right? And the woman in leadership and business. And I think women have some different bad habits than men do. Okay. And one of the bad habits I know I have that a lot of women have is we go down the Instagram rabbit hole, Simon, where we look around at what's going on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, like I wake up feeling real good. And then by noon, I'm like, oh my God, I'm trash. My work is trash. Everything's trash. I got to quit. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to redo the whole thing. My talk sucks. I said, like, do you do this? Or is this just like a chick thing? Like, do you, I just don't even see you doing it. Do you get jealous? Do you compare? Or do you have a, a boundary so around that? If I'm really being transparent with you, friend to friend, I, yeah, please, I have struggled with a CIC, the disease CIC, comparison inferiority complex where as a man, I've compared myself to other men. And if they were further ahead or had something that I didn't have, I became inferior. I was like, what's wrong with me? So yes, I've had, but how I got over it is I had to create a new story. Uh, I had to say yes and to myself to create the new story that wanted to emerge. Mm, I love that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Before we do, this is something you do really well uh, when you are on stage. You get people thinking bigger. You spark something. You ignite something. You have this dynamic energy. I mean, what is your, I don't know if you're still sitting on the throne of top 10 (laughs) keynote speakers in the United States. Like you were like, I think you had that title for like, I don't even know how long, but right. Like you're heavily booked and widely respected by corporations all over the United States and beyond. And, um, you know, you do it really well and you have this natural ability to spark something in people and to do that in a way that feels attainable. So there are so many people that listen because I want to get into your book and really igniting the power of, of women, right? And you have ignited me I'm a woman, and if you wouldn't have been on stage speaking, you might not have been able to do that. So because there are so many women that listen to this podcast that want to speak, that need to speak better, that are afraid to speak, whether it's a job interview, delivering a speech, like a eulogy or a a bridal toast or a a job, like we're all going to have to orate. Do you have any, I cannot have you on here and not ask you these questions, like do you have any tips practical tips, like things you do before a talk to sort of calm your nerves and get your head in the game and out of. Yeah. So the first thing that I do is I take the first 15 minutes of the day and I meditate uh, and I, and I break the 15 Mm. minutes down into three, five minute segments. I meditate the first five minutes. The second five minutes, I read or listen to something that inspires me. And then the third five minutes is I stretch and I get aligned with the day because I want to create internal Mm. alignment with my physiology so that it creates external execution. So literally I'm hugging myself with my words, with my language, with my energy first, because that's what I'm going to vibrate into the universe. And then the second thing that I do is I begin to see the end from the beginning, which is, you know, Stephen Covey, right? I begin to say that this is going to be a great day and I am here to serve and I vibrate that out into the atmosphere. So I'll walk into the ballroom when no one is there. And I'm literally filling that ballroom with my energy because I'm going to fill the room. I'm going to leave it all on the floor, just like you. You do this so well. But then the third thing that I do is I ensure that I'm coming from a place of love 
because I want to love the audience and I want to serve them. So when I begin to have that mindset, by the time I show up, I have done the work before I actually do the work. Damn, damn, damn. You have laid the foundation. So many people, I think the big misnomer about the improv theater, I get this all the time. Oh, Judy, she's an improviser. She just wings it. She's good. She'll just go with the flow. Could not be further from the truth, right? And I think that's what makes a powerful presenter. Before I put any content on a stage, I have run that content hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, even if it's a speech I've delivered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, because anything can happen yes. at any time. So when you watch an improv scene and you go, oh my God, how did they do that? They're using their training to do that. When you see Simon and me on stage and we lose power, it happens. It has happened. Slides go down. Tech goes down. We can keep moving because we have done the work. And so what, what Simon is saying, he's not, you know, you're not only doing the work from a rehearsal standpoint, you're doing the work. The work yes. on you as a human being and how you vibrate out into the world. And what I love about what you said is you go into the ballroom when it's dark and you sort of, uh, sort of visualize success before Totally. It's you own the stage in here and in, in here before it happens out there. When you... Oh, and he's pointing <laughs> to his chest and yeah, his when head. You own yeah. the stage in here own and the... out there, all of a sudden when you show up, it's because you've already shown up for you. And when you show Damn. up for you, you can show up for them. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I could not agree with that more. Well said. So I hope you're taking notes, dear listener. Show up for yourself. You've got two stages. The stage you're going to perform on, but you've got that stage inside yes. of yourself. And if that ain't right, if that That's doesn't right. work, nothing's going right. to work. Um, so thank you for that. Okay, I'm glad I asked you the question. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can't sure, have sure. Simon on and not talk to him about performance. Okay, so the new book. What is the official? When does that book get out into oh our goodness. hands? When is the be date? Out in two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So today is the last day of March. So April 15th ish, which is perfect because your episode is airing right around that time. Hmm. Strategic. <laughs> I think so. Right. We're smart over here. We are smart, but think about it. The power, the power of igniting women in your life. When you sent me that title, I was like, hold up, hold up, Simon. What is up with this book? What does this mean? Why this book? Why now? So tell us why this topic and why. This is the now. age of the woman. Any organization that, mm, <laughs> that is going to be worth its salt in this next decade, they mm. must do right by women. When you do right by women, you begin to understand that when women not only have a seat at the table, co-lead or lead the discussion at the table, the bottom line of that organization improves because you begin to recognize that women think differently than men. Hello, hello, but you leverage it out of respect. And all of a sudden, women are not ignited. Men are ignited because they know how to respect women appropriately. Holy, yeah, yes, yes. And when did you begin your research? Like, when did it click? What year? Like, how long ago were you like, this is the path? Like, I'm in a, this is my next This has been a five-year journey. As you know well, personally, I went through a divorce after being married for 25 years. 
And my divorce attorney, she said to me, you need to go and see a therapist. And no guy wants to go and see a therapist named Anita that has been practicing therapy for 40 years and has more degrees than a thermostat. And all of a sudden, Judy, I'm sitting on the sofa with Anita. And she says to me, no, you are. She says, yes, whatever you, are. you deal with will eventually deal with you. I was like, what? What? Ooh, say that again, Simon. Say that again. Say that again. We need to hold that. Say it one more time. That is Whatever so good. Whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. You're going to take your mm. dysfunction into the next relationship. And I just looked at her like a deer yeah. staring at headlights. I was like, whatever, whatever. But I kept showing up twice yeah. a month, one and a half hours on the sofa. And what I discovered and she revealed is she said, you have been mothered to death. And until you begin to deal mm. with your mama issues, you will never become the full man that you're supposed to be. And I was like, what? And so I started writing about this because I was showing up professionally dysfunctional because I had personal issues I hadn't addressed. And that's when I started writing the book. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that, so, I love it so much. Like that, well, I, I don't love that you had to walk through a divorce, but then I'm like, wait, do I love it? Because my husband's divorced and him getting divorced was probably the best thing that happened to and for yes. him. So maybe I need to say congratulations. <laughs> um, there are... <laughs> There are a lot of people that that wait for someday. It'll be good to get divorced someday. And listen, there's never a good time for yes. hard things. And whatever you don't deal with is going to deal with you. So congratulations. And I'm proud of you for laying down what wasn't working for you. And what I love about this beautiful story of sweet serendipity is that you took a low. You have, yeah. you have kids, right? So it's not like this is just oh, a decision I'm going to make for myself. You have kids. You have a family. You have a boy yes. and a girl, yes. right? Uh, so you, you weren't making this decision in a silo and you could be sitting around going, Oh, woe is me. And this is hard, but you mm -hmm. took it and you turned it into what was next for you. And it became a body of work and uh, it became a conversation about igniting women. And it also allowed you to meet Jody. Yes. Jody, you've got a new woman in your life. And I think you even talk about this in the book, like online dating, like you met her online years later. So th that is incredible. It walked you into a very positive thing that you can not only use to serve the world, but also you have yes. found love again, which is um, really, really Well, amazing. it's so awesome. Jody is the, really the catalyst behind the book because I wasn't going to finish it. And we went to a conference. She said, babe, you've got to finish this book. I'm like, are you serious? And she said, yeah. And what I yeah. realized, every man in order to become a real man, you need a woman standing beside you, sometimes in front of you, rolling her eyes, saying that joker wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so true. So, okay, that's a perfect, like, then why are some men so intimidated by women? Like, whether it's women one-on-one -on -one or women in the workplace. I came up a lot against this a lot in corporate, right? Where... You know what I mean? You felt that there was that intimidation factor, especially if you were a woman who wasn't afraid to advocate for herself and, um, you know, be, to, well, maybe I just say it the way I mean it, to shine bright. And I think so many times we shine bright and we feel bad about that, so we dim. Why do you think guys get intimidated by the woman well, who shines so Well, one of the things so I talk about in the book is that most guys are not willing to become an MVP 
most vulnerable person. And when you're not... I love your acronyms, by the way. They are my favorite because it helps my brain. It really, you help my brain. Break it down for all. Be vulnerable, but then be responsible so that you can be accountable. And until men are really, really ready to come to a place of emotional honesty and being vulnerable, then they'll never be responsible and accountable for their behaviors and how they show up for women in the workplace. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I think that's beautiful. And um, I, I think it's an important body of work. I think it's so timely. And I think you're going to help so many men live and lead braver. And that's empowering. And then you'll help the women um, who have these men in their lives, encourage them to do the same. Was there anything as you were researching over the last five years through divorce to dating and meeting Jody to, um, you know, therapy on the couch with Anita, like, is there anything that surprised you? Like, is there anything that you found and discovered that you were like, whoa, I didn't see that coming or um, I would have never thought about this that way until I had this piece of information? Did Anita drop any bombs So in my research, what I discovered that kept coming up Women today don't need a man to take care of them. They have their own money, their Mm. own houses. They have their own stuff. That's right. I said stuff. If anything, they (laughs) want a partner who understands how to celebrate them and not just tolerate them and really activate them. How do you begin to listen to her music and begin to dance with her uh, step by step? Not because you need to control, because you understand who she is and who she can become. And you come alongside her to raise her up, not stifle her or diminish her greatness. So it was a huge epiphany where like, listen, they got their own bank account. Who are you, right? How do you compliment, not complicate? Ooh, how do you compliment, not complicate? So... Obviously, every every female uh, listening to this episode needs to go get some of this uh, and just slip it on a man's nightstand. Um, and just you know, a little subtle reading. Uh, but for the woman listening, you know, before before I get you out of here, back to your TV show because I know you're ready to go and you're all. Dr- I mean, you should see him. He's got well, we'll have video of some of this, but he's got the pink pocket square and the pink checkered shirt and. Uh, Simon is is definitely in full recording mode today. I love it. Um, what what is one piece of advice you'd give a woman listening right now who is struggling in her relationship with her man? Is there you know? And obviously that's a complicated question because every relationship has its different challenges. But maybe for the woman who just feels like she needs to ignite something fresh or it's feeling stale is there a practical thing she can try before we get onto anita's couch to maybe uh spark something new or ignite something a little bit the one thing that all men need professionally or personally that they often don't receive is respect and this ability to say i respect Mm -hmm. you and begin to name one or two key attributes about why you respect them and how you uh, really celebrate their brilliance. Those words spoken to a man will literally light him up because literally you become that mirror to reflect back to him how he is seen. And once he knows how he is seen, valued, and appreciated, all of a sudden 
it invites him to open up. And, and when he's vulnerable, he's not losing his masculinity. In other words, you're inviting him to become a better version of himself. So here's what I've discovered. A woman will never tell a man everything that he needs to know. A woman will tell a man only what he can handle. And so when you begin to understand what he can handle, what? All of a sudden he becomes lit. Oh my God, that's so good. And it's such a timely reminder. It's so easy to go through the motions. It's so easy to go through the motions. And we forget, and we're really good at complimenting the people in our life and peep strangers on the internet and people we love. You know, even when we hopped on the podcast today, we were like, oh my God, so good to see you. You look great. Oh my God. And I'm like, when was the last time I've, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what was the last time I've told my man how great he looks and how, how proud of him I am? And I'm not saying I'm not doing this. It's just a beautiful reminder that it's got to yes. go both ways. And again, it's compliment. How do we literally compliment, but also work to compliment each other um, so that um, we can, you know, see each other? I think at the end of the day, we want to be seen. Isn't that the truth? Like, I just want to be seen. I want to be heard. And um, I think that's very timely advice. So, Simon, I got to ask you. Name of this podcast is Yes And with Judy Holler. And when I offer those two words to you, Yes And, what does what comes up? What does Yes And mean for Simon Yes Bailey? And means to me is I serve you not because of what I can get from you, but what I can give to you. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. And you my friend have given us a gift here today. I am just, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for being you. Thank you for putting your seventh book out into the world. And truly, thank you for being a mentor from afar for so many years. And I'm proud to call you a friend and a colleague. And oh, thank you. Thank you're you, my friend. So appreciate you. And I celebrate all that you're doing. And you are amazing. I look at you with awe and say, I knew her when. I, I knew Judy when. She's blown up. <laughs> oh, I love you. I, I did not pay him to say that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, Simon, we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for being here today. Oh, my gosh. I... Simon is um, such a love and such a light, and I wish you could have seen his face. We'll put some video up on this interview, but I mean, he just is light. He just smiled. I mean, how does his cheeks not hurt from walking around life with just such a uh, an illuminated smile? My God, he's just the best energy. Anyway, I he is such a, a burst of love and good vibes, and I love his laugh. My biggest takeaway was the beautiful reminder that you've got two stages. You've got the stage that you perform and present on and live life on every single day, but then you've also got the your stage, the internal stage. And this really aligns to the work we're doing in our mentorship in the House of And, um, most certainly in everything that we touch, because nothing works if you don't work. So are you first making sure you're performing and honoring the stage within you first so that you can share what you really are and who you really are and that light on the stage of the rest of the world? I loved that 
metaphor, right? There's two stages in life. The stage you perform on every day, performing maybe for you being a mom, performing for you maybe actual keynote speaking, or performing for you maybe making gummy bears at a gummy bear factory. It's still a stage. Uh, But there's also the stage inside you. And is that, is that work being rehearsed? Is that work being looked at? Is that work being taken care of? So anyway, that was my takeaway. What was yours? I'd love to know. Talk to me on Instagram, or you can always email me at hello at judyholler.com with your show ideas, feedback, and inspiration. And if you loved this episode or found any value, oh my God, it would mean the world to me. If you, number one, give me an iTunes review. Have you done that yet for this show? We are obsessed with them. They're my favorite things to read, and they mean so much. And of course, my gosh, anytime you pass this on to a friend, um, it means the world. And it's magic. So I thank you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for reviewing. I thank you for sharing. And I thank you for spending your precious time here with me and Simon today. So until we meet again next week, you better keep kicking open those doors, baby, and work on your stage, right? That internal one. Woo, I love it. See you next week. Ciao.